0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on a big day for the immediate future of Scottish football. Full crowds are back, starting with Celtic v Hibs on Monday. Daisen Maida says he and Kyogo have similar strengths and he can't wait to team up with his fellow countrymen. And John Souter appears to be getting closer to choosing his next club. Will it be Rangers? I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight, you've got Gordon Diel and Roger Hanna. Yeah, and good news for the Scottish game, Gordon. 60,000 expected at Celtic Park on Monday as the Premiership emerges from cold storage for Celtic against Hibs. A full house at Pataudry 24 hours later for Aberdeen against Rangers. But why can't it be brought forward to Friday night and allow more? More than 500 into Fur Hill for Partick Thistle and Kilmarnock. Yeah, it's exciting news for the fans, Gordon. You've got to say, we're looking forward to the winter break finishing and obviously that big game Celtic Hibs kick off on Monday. Full house, as Roger says, it's all about the supporters. Let's be honest about it. Football's nothing without the fans. Great news today. And of course, Roger Hanna, the transfer window very much in full swing at the moment with confirmed deals, speculation, rumour. Uh, it's actually been quite lively Livelier than we're often used to Yeah I said that at the weekend In the show Gordon It's far far livelier than I was expecting For the first 10 days of January You mentioned Dyson Maida He's one of the three Japanese signings at Celtic And what an eye opener It will be for them on Monday night against Hibs I think they were expecting to come over The, the, the first site they would get at Celtic Park Could have been with 500 fans inside They are going to have some experience on Monday night Whether they play or not against Hibs it's been good It's been exciting I think um, A lot of clubs out there doing, doing a lot of good business Gordon and Obviously Celtic Bringing in the most Because It's well documented That Ange Postacoglu Needs the transfer windows He had to rebuild He's stamped to do that He's stamped to stamp His own authority Rangers have wielding deal Bit of good business there Other clubs up and down the country Some of them are Maybe losing their best players It'll be interesting to hear also where I think one of the best centre-halves in Scotland is going, John Souter, I think he's a terrific player. If he ended up at Rangers, I think that'd be a magnificent signing for them. So it's been very exciting. 0141 That's the number you need to get in touch tonight. And you can tweet as well, at Clyde SSB. Lots of transfer speculation. Interesting to look at the future of John Souter, of Martin Boyle. We're going to hear from some of Celtic's new Japanese signings via translators, of course. I won't leave Gordon DL to do that. Uh, hear from them for the first time a bit later on in the show. So make sure you get all your thoughts in 01419511025. I think there is obviously only one place to start. Everybody, and I mean everybody, had an opinion. On these restrictions being brought in And the fact that the winter break was moved And all the rest of it So now that we know where we go going forward Pick up the phone And let us know what you've made of today's news If you are just joining us And you're unaware That 500 restriction that's been in place since Boxing Day Has now been lifted Which means full crowds Get the green light Good to go again as of Monday Which of course coincides with the return Of the Scottish Premiership What do you make of it Roger? Um, I'm actually quite surprised I thought the 500 fan rule would be lifted today I wasn't expecting full houses straight away For me, it smacks of an admission by the Scottish Government They got it wrong in the first place um, the, the figures haven't really deviated much from the English and Welsh figures The English were running full houses right through the festive football period For me, 
I think the government now realises they shouldn't have brought in the 500 fan rule and, and I think the fact it's been completely abandoned and you'll get 60,000 at Parkhead you'll get 67,000 at Murrayfield I think for the start of the Six Nations the following weekend I think that's an admission that they've got this one wrong it was done with the best of intentions um, I think the clubs who have lost out are the ones who had to play Boxing Day with less than full houses and only 500 fans and I think if you're going to lift the restrictions they should be lifted now and you should allow the Championship League 1 and League 2 games this weekend to be played in front of more than 500 supporters it's unfair financially and it's just unfair in the spirit of the game I think Roger's right Gordon I mean people have their own thoughts I think everyone has had their thoughts in the last few weeks about whether the restrictions should be in place or not but they were and from a footballing Perspective. It now looks like we've got the the closest thing to a good outcome. That, that I think it was easy to forget amidst all the arguing. This was about trying to find a solution that that damaged everything the least. It wasn't about pretending there was a a brilliant solution, a, a perfect solution. It was just about trying to find that balance of giving it a go. Can mm. we move the winter break? Can we try and get fans in? And that's what's happened up to a point Yeah, uh, I think it's a, a brilliant bonus for us, Gordon Because a little bit like Roger I always think this could, you know, keep going on for another couple of weeks Or whatever, into February And then obviously fans are missing out Look, it's a bonus, we're back I totally take on board what Roger's saying Why not just lift it now? You're looking at a terrific game on in, in Friday But Yeah, to be fair, look it's, Now two years have, have passed yeah. Every time a restriction is announced or lifted they, 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 they pick a date somewhere And it's yeah. never going to please people well, You can always say Why not do it earlier But as, we as should I be say, used to that by now I think it's a bonus Because I thought it was going to Linger on going I've got to be honest with that um, I am looking forward to Packed houses once again Because atmosphere And the players will be the same They'll be absolutely delighted And you've got to say Well done the fact that they brought the winter uh, break forward It's worked in perfectly well Yes, okay You can have the negative about the Boxing Day games But You're right we're in, we're, we're in bad times just now We've just got to get through them The fact that we're now getting full houses from Celtic Park On Monday is great news What do you make of that news though Out there folks 01419511025 Pick up the phone right now And let us know what you think How excited are you to be going back the full stereo What have you made of The process that's got us here Some of the decisions uh, And you don't have to Take it from me Let's hear from The decision makers I often say These are strange times On Clyde One Super Scoreboard Where we go from Gordon DL Street Into the First Minister And he's keeping Interesting company Here is a bit of a, An explanation From the First Minister As to what is going on We will begin to lift The protective measures Announced before Christmas From Monday but we will do that in a phased way that will allow us to form in the days ahead a clearer picture of the trends in infections and the associated impacts. As a quick reminder, the measures I am specifically referring to here are limits on attendances at live public events, the requirement for distancing between groups in public indoor places and the requirement for table service in hospitality venues serving alcohol on the premises. I expect to confirm further dates next week. However, I can confirm today that the attendance limit of 500 at large-scale outdoor events will be lifted from Monday at 17th January. That means, for example, that spectators will be permitted again at major outdoor sporting events, including football fixtures scheduled for early next week and the forthcoming Six Nations rugby matches. 01419511025 to have your say on this subject. I know everyone's got an opinion on it. I've seen it in the last few weeks. So pick up the phone and let us know Brian is a Celtic fan He was first through tonight Brian, are you happy with today's news? 
Absolutely delighted. I mean, as the late great Jock Steen once said, uh, football without fans is absolutely nothing. Now, I, I'm I'm not being so callous. I know this whole thing has, has caused lives and all that, but to have the football back for a footballing nation, um, you know, whether you're a a supporter of any team, that spectacle, that that connection between fans and club. It's great for the for the mentality. It's great for your mental health um, because you're not getting that week to week thing with your mates. You're not getting that that connection with your club. Um, I just think it's a fantastic thing uh, to get um, when when you see these small mercies. You know, to get that that thing back is. I'm grateful. I'm yeah. truly just grateful, honestly. It's, um, yeah, it's a fair point Brian makes, Roger. We, on this show, I think, get to experience so many different ways in which football improves people's lives. And, and there was a lot. There was an awful lot of scoffing when, when football was trying to make its case a few weeks ago. An awful lot of people looking down their nose and saying, you know, get on, you know, get a grip of yourselves. It's only a game. There are more important things. Um, but that entirely misses the point, doesn't it? Yeah, not? listen, there are more important things in life, but it is an important thing in life. I think football's actually been scapegoated a little bit by the Scottish government. I think there have been restrictions, not just the 500 fan rule since Boxing Day, but, but other restrictions over the piece of, you know, over the couple of years of, of COVID 19. Um, Brian's right, it is hugely important to Scottish society, hugely important to the mental health of Scottish society. I, I, I want to ask Brian, are you intending, will you be at Celtic Park on Monday, Brian? Absolutely. You'd need wild horses, wouldn't you? I, I was fascinated to see as well, and Gordon, you can correct me. Am I right in thinking it's only supporters who can prove they are? Vaccination status Who will be admitted To the game on Monday Oh so that Your vaccination status Has also In fact tell you what You don't need to take it From me do you Let's listen to a bit more of this uh, The Covid certification scheme Will remain in place For these and other events And venues Previously covered But with two Important changes uh, Firstly our guidance Will now stipulate That the organisers Of large events Of a thousand Or more people Should check the certification Status of at least 50% of attendees Rather than the current 20% Or at least a thousand people whichever figure is highest. And second, from Monday, the requirement to be fully vaccinated for the purposes of COVID certification will include having a booster if the second dose was more than four months ago. And it will still be possible to gain admission to events and venues covered by the certification scheme by providing proof of a recent negative lateral flow test. I mean, I could have told you all that, obviously. I was wanting to ask Brian, you know, Brian's obviously used to going in to Celtic Park, the procedures to go into Celtic Park. How easy, difficult or otherwise, Brian, is it going to be for stewards at Celtic Park to check the vaccination status of 30,000 people before 7.45 kick-off on Monday night? Absolutely impossible, Roger. And I can tell you this, I, uh, I, I'm i fully vaccinated because, um, you know, that's my ethics and that's why I, I, I believe. And, and those those who believe otherwise, I respect their right to do so. But the impossibility of this it is unpoliceable. It is a, uh, they're asking you to do something that is like holding the wind back with two hands. It's not going to happen. Yeah, Gordon, I have no mm. doubt it may provide logistical challenges. It just feels like something that we should be able to to manage. If, if, it, if it means leading to this ultimate goal, which is getting getting fans back, 
um, just in, simply have to find a way um, I, Yeah I, I agree Gordon I, I'm with Brian a little bit I think it's got to be very difficult 60,000 First Minister saying 30, uh, 50% 30,000 there is a lot And I'm sure that clubs Will do everything in their power To try and make sure this is held But I just think like Brian It's got to be such a difficult task To be fair Roger I, I get why that, that grabs the headlines But sometimes we forget Life outside football exists Some Life outside Glasgow football exists This news today is about any event You know, to, to lift that, that 500 cap So Gordon, the, don't get me wrong I think the, this is great news today And I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm really just, I'm just pointing surprised. out The, the, the 60,000 and therefore the 30,000 checks th- That will be Those will be limited, those occasions You know, on the whole It will be a couple of thousand here A couple of thousand there Yes, Celtic Park will ultimately uh, Provide a huge challenge And when games go to Ibrox as well yeah, listen, and even more people at Murrayfield for the rugby the next Saturday, I think. But I think this is really good news for Scottish football. It's good for the finances of Scottish football. It's great news for the supporters of Scottish football. There was many supporters who haven't seen their team since before Christmas, haven't seen their team this year. I was for Super Scoreboard down at Palmerston the weekend for Derek McInnes' first game as Kilmarnock manager. Imagine how many Kilmarnock fans would have been down there at the start of the year to see that game. They were denied it. They're going to be denied the chance to see their team at Fur Hill on Friday night as well. So it's great for the fans. Um, I am absolutely delighted the decision's been taken. It vindicates the decision of the SPFL to bring forward the winter break, to move the fixtures because there would have been other fixtures would have been played virtually behind closed Mm. doors that are now going to get full houses. That's a good thing as well. But I just wonder... How the clubs And I was only mentioning Celtic Because Brian phoned in And that's the first game mm-hmm. With the restrictions lifted How difficult How awkward it's going to be For the clubs to police I'm sure it's going to be a challenge And in fact maybe we'll find out Thank you to Brian 01419511025 We'll take more of your calls And maybe we'll find out The answer to some Of Roger's questions next You are the voice of Scottish football Call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Gordon Diel are here It's 01419511025 Still taking your reaction uh, To the news That full crowds are back Starting with Celtic Hibs on Monday We've then got five big games on Tuesday And so on Massive fixtures between now and the end of the season And fingers crossed It looks like they will all be played In front of capacity crowds Or at least the possibility Of being played in front of a capacity crowd So keep your calls coming 01419511025 1025. I'm pleased to say we're joined on the line by Motherwell's Chief Executive uh, Alan Burrows uh, Alan I don't know whether you were aware of this but when you came on a few weeks ago and gave us the insight into the decision about trying to move the winter break you inadvertently signed up for a follow up whatever way this went however this played up you were always getting pestered into coming back on uh, and tonight is that night so what have you made of today's news? Uh, just very welcome first and foremost Gordon just a, a bit of welcome news for I think everybody in Scottish football you know, I laughed about coming back on. I, I suppose in some ways, despite the fact I tried to input as many caveats to what I was saying a couple of weeks ago as possible, I think no doubt if, if, if the games had not been, um, or fans had not been able to, to return and, and watch their, their teams play, there would have been a wee bit of a I told you so from in some camps. And, I, I, and listen, I understand how tribal we are here in the west of Scotland. And, I, you know, as I said a couple of weeks ago, I've been immersed in that all my life, so I understand it. But I think first and foremost and most importantly, you know, clubs like Motherwell were absolutely um, focused on trying to ensure that as many fixtures took place that took place in front of live crowds because it makes Scottish football what it is. It's exactly 
um, or in my opinion, it's our USP is you know how important and how um, much the ad the, the supporters add to the atmosphere and the the whole kind of fabric of the game. So that that, that was very much our, our focus. So I think today's news from government is is entirely um, to be welcomed. You feel vindicated then in the the sort of push to get that winter break moved. Eh, I don't know vindicated is the right word because that almost sounds as if you're trying to get one-upmanship. I think the, the reality here is it's just about fans, Gordon. It's just about trying to make sure as many people can watch games as we can. Um, there's also the element, and let's not kid ourselves, there's also the business element to it. The, you know, Scottish football clubs, particularly premiership clubs who have got the biggest cost bases, have had a really tough time over the last you know, 18 to 20 months and, and it's been really hard and difficult for those clubs to try and keep their heads above water. So, you know, any further restrictions was also, you know, a, a huge toll on those clubs and their ability to try and tread water through the, through this really difficult period that everybody's facing. So, you know, yes, fans back in, that's that's ultimate important. But, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to try and um, hoodwink him into believing it was, you know, there, there wasn't a business element to it and a, and a, and a cash element to it. Of course there was. You know, playing games in front of no crowds or very limited crowds, you know, make it very, very difficult for, for any business to operate if you can't if you can't trade at least in some way in some degree of normality. Um, so, so from our point of view, it's, it's, a, it's a double done in the sense that you've got crowds back and that adds to the atmosphere and that adds to the whole. You know, as I said earlier on, that adds to the whole product that we the device, but also from a financial point of view, it's a real shot in the arm because any long term restrictions. Uh, it, it was just going to be, you know, so difficult to face for, for so many clubs. Is there a frustration, Alan? I mean, I think you were one of them, if memory serves me. Teams did lose out on a, a normal home game, if you like, on on Boxing Day. That, that that 500 restriction was brought in. It's now been lifted entirely. We're now back to, to full capacity a couple of weeks on. Jason Leach can phone in and, and correct me if I'm wrong. It doesn't look like the, the picture is a million times better than it was then. Far from it. Is, is there a frustration that that 500 was brought in and, and now has been taken away? Yeah, I think I remember saying to you at the time, Gordon, that you know I understand and I have sympathy with how difficult it is for people making decisions when you've got the health and the well-being of the entire nation to think about. And I, and, you know, I don't think any, despite the fact that they might be frustrated that whatever restriction might be, whether that's to you know restaurants or cinemas or nightclubs or, or football matches, you know, I don't think anybody's taking these decisions lightly and I don't think anybody's taking these decisions for any degree of pleasure. So I would say that first and foremost. Um, but you know, listen. Of course, it was frustrating for us. Of course, it was difficult for us to stomach. But listen, to be honest, and it, well, this is with the benefit of hindsight. But if he'd have said to me then, listen, you're going to have to lose one match on Boxing Day, um, and you know we can expedite the winter break and bring it forward, and then have crowds when you return back on the 17th. I think I would have taken it. You know, particularly versus you know any kind of longer term um, you know, restrictions or or at least a, a kind of a volatility about that in a sense and I suppose listen I, I'm not saying by any matter of means that we're completely out of the woods because I think you highlighted it in your question there that you know we hope this is going to be able to listen there's no telling what way this virus will go but you know fingers crossed that we're now in a kind of in a good position to try and see this out for a long term but to answer your question directly um, well, I'm a disappointed that that game was done yeah listen everybody is but at the same time I have some sympathy with the, the decision makers and, and how trying to strike a balance isn't always easy oh, Alan it's Roger how are you I, I was actually out at the first part that day Against Livingston in Boxing Day And I spoke to Stephen O'Donnell after the game And he was just saying You put your 500 fans In the stand opposite the main stand And Stephen was just making the point There's two huge stands behind the goals There's a large main stand You know, you could have easily have had 500 600, 1000 In each of those stands as well it, Mother will have been hit financially is, is there any way, you know You look at money being made available by government For 
pubs and clubs businesses that have been hit by COVID restrictions. Is there any way for Motherwell and other clubs in Scotland to try and claw back some of the money they've lost? I think, Roger, I think two things. I'll answer the second part first. Um, I think the government have already said, or at least, you know, strongly hinted that there will be some relief packages for football and other businesses who have been impacted through this. And I know through the conversations that I've had and the other clubs I've had with the league that, that those talks and the chat is ongoing. I think we as clubs have to demonstrate to the league just what, what, what we believe in the, the lost revenues based on forecast. And those have been done. So I, I dare say the GRG are, are, are discussing with government any potential um, kind of clawback, if you want to call it that term, of, of, of loss at that particular time. So, you know, I suppose to the government's point, you know, they, 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 they made Nicola Sturgeon, I think, said that she would have liked to have done more restrictions, I think, earlier, but, you know, was facing a difficult time in trying to help businesses and, and, and industries effectively finance themselves through it. So, listen, Sc- Scottish football will be one of a number of industries who will be clamouring for any, any cash that's available for to, to help recoup and loss. So I, I dare say those conversations will be still ongoing. In terms of the actual, you know, Stephen O'Donnell's point around the stands, I think that's a point that everybody looking at. I think, I think we, need, we need to take a step back, but that, that does seem obvious. I think having listened to Scottish ministers and, and, and health officials, I think one of the things that have been repeated to us consistently was that they would never really believe that ultimately that the threat came from sitting in the stadium bowl, per se, that actually it wasn't sitting in the, sat, the seats in, a, in an outdoor environment that caused them the greatest amount of risk. The two things that caused them the greatest amount of risk in their eyes was firstly the impact on resilience, so ambulance service, hospitals, police, etc. Uh, and the second thing obviously was people travelling to and from the game and pubs and clubs and being in that environment. Um, so th- that was their principal concern. I'm playing devil's advocate slightly. That was their, that was their principal concern. And, and actually the, the actual sitting in the actual stand was probably secondary for them if, if I'm, as I said if, if I'm trying to be helpful to them and, and trying to paint both sides Alan the logistical challenge because the headline is that fans are back and it's great and everyone's happy about it Roger was pointing out just before the break that there is now a, an increased um, expectancy on football clubs to up their checks on, on COVID certificates vaccination passports call them what you will how challenging is that going to be for, for you how do you go about that and then if you can imagine what that might be like scaled up to a crowd of 60,000. Yeah, uh, well, firstly, what I should say is, bear in mind for clubs at Rangers, MDO, who's had over 10,000 crowd, I think this has been the norm for most of the yeah. season, isn't it? So I think for the, most of the bigger clubs, like Rangers, Celtic, Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen, etc., you know, there won't be very much in the way of change. Where the change will be felt is clubs at our level who haven't had to do this, you know, for crowds that were less than 10,000, which for Motherwell and other clubs is the overwhelming majority, if not all of their games. Uh, from our point of view, we've kind of half been preparing for this because we thought this might be one of the things it might be doing. So, you know, the staff at the stadium will be well prepared on that. We've already took counsel and advice from some of the other clubs who've been doing this and doing it well since the start of the season. So we'll be ready for that and, and we'll be ready to meet the commitments the government have in order to do that. And again, if you'd have said to me a couple of weeks ago, fans can be back and we need to try and find ways to try and mitigate it, be it vaccine passport checks or whatever, then we would have we would have worked to that, we would have been open to that. So, you know, I, I don't we don't have any worries about that. You know, of course it's going to be a logistical challenge. It might even be a costly challenge in terms of having to upscale some of the stewarding and other things to try and accommodate that. But again, you know, that's very much the lesser of two evils against, you know, complete restrictions or, or, or limited crowds to a couple of hundred. So, you know, from that point of view it's just going to be something that our fans 
and our, our, our staff at the club are going to have to get used to. But um, if, as I said, if, that, if that's the, the price we have to pay to, to have fans or full capacity counts, then I'm, I'm, we'll be more than prepared to do that. I, I said at the top of the show, Alan, I was pleasantly surprised by the First Minister announcement. I was quite sure we would go from the 500 fans to maybe a halfway house, you know, 50% capacity or something like that for the first games back. You've got Morton and the Cup a week on Saturday. Are you pleasantly surprised as well? Are you surprised she's lifted all the restrictions? Um, I don't know if surprise is the right word, Roger. Roger. I, I'm, I'm delighted. I'm, I'm really happy about it. Um, I, I think, you know, I think, as I said there in, in a previous answer, I, th- I think half the, the issue for people running the country at the minute is just trying to find balance all over the place. It's balance between restriction and normality. It's balance between economy and health. And those are really, really difficult um, equations to solve at uh, loads of times. So, uh, you know, I get it isn't easy and I get it's not, a, uh, you know, a difficult, uh, sorry, not, a, not a simple solution. Um, from, but from our point of view, um, you know, did I expect something in the middle? I, I don't know. I think the, the kind of mood music we were getting, which I think was reflecting a lot of your papers, uh, your, 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 the Scottish Sun included, Roger, that I think that the mood music coming out of, of, of the discussions from the GRG was that they felt quite confident. That actually, that, that this day, the seventeenth, would be the day that we would get right back. So I dare say that was coming from the, the GRG's chats with civil servants and ministers. So for, for maybe from that point of view, um, the, the, you know that that was a, that was kind of early indication. Certainly, that was indication given to clubs. So um, not, I wouldn't say I was shocked or, or, or massively shocked, but I, I, I definitely, I'm definitely delighted with it. Without any doubt. Can we take any wider conclusions or, or encouragement from this, uh, Alan? We must be. Scottish football must be the arguing amongst ourselves capital of the world. They must be, and uh, I know that not everyone agreed with the idea to move the the winter break and, and try and get fans back in. But but most did. The, the football was put in a position by the government, rightly or wrongly, uh, and then you and the fellow clubs had to come together and, and come up with something. Now again, I get that not everyone agreed, but we had something close to consensus. Was it encouraging to see clubs kind of work together and, and try and come up with a solution? Yeah, and I think that's the only way to get through big issues like this, Gordon. I think clubs working together, um, it, it, you know, I think we're stronger as a collective than we are, you know, as individ- uh, individuals. Um, listen, I, I think I, I think you're right. The overwhelming majority of people did. I think, as you said, you know, the kind of tribalistic nature of football. People think there's some sort of agenda behind it, or people think there's a, you know, uh, again, I said when I spoke to you last time that a lot of people see decisions in Scottish football through the prism of the old firm. Um, and that that second of January old firm match seemed to dominate a lot of people's thinking. I can tell you absolutely unequivocally, and I, I think I speak for almost everyone in my club, fellow club's colleagues, certainly the ones that I spoke to, that their only consideration had nothing to do whatsoever with the, the, the old firm game on the second. That the overwhelming majority of clubs who I I spoke to, in fact, every one of the clubs that I spoke to, um, their their only consideration was their own fans and getting to see their fans getting to see matches and trying to protect their income and trade in as normal conditions as possible. And whilst we had the ability for the winter break to move that forward and give ourselves the chance, and if you remember, that's what I said when I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago. All we're doing here is giving ourselves a chance of this. Um, then we should take it, and I think everybody really bought into that. Um, so from from that point of view, I think yeah, the strength is a collective. I think you know the the league at the time. I think it's fair to say we're nervous about it, Gordon. I think the the officials of the league are always nervous about, you know, pushing fixtures back because it really does put pressure on the card as we get to later in the season. And again, I accept that that is going to be difficult. But I also hope now, once we get these games played, that hopefully when we get through the two rounds of fixtures that we played at the, the middle of January, then the start of February, 
uh, that we can do that without any interruptions and then we'll be sitting at the start of February ready to kick on and, and look back and think that was a really good decision that we all came to. Right, away from government restrictions and vaccines and social distancing, back towards more of a comfort zone if such a thing exists whilst we've got you. A new contract for your manager, a lengthy one yesterday. Explain the, the thought process or, or the process there. Yeah, I mean, listen, Graham has been fantastic for us um, in, in the time that he's been with us. Um, we actually agreed on Friday and we're going to announce it on Friday just to try and um, almost a bit of symbolistic from him being exactly a year in the job. It just it dragged on into Monday for a few reasons. But um, really, really pleased with the job that Graham's done. I think he's a you know, really good fit as the Muddle manager. I think his mindset and his determination and his uh, ethos, if you like, and his beliefs really match that of the club and, and what, we're trying to, what we're trying to do and what we're trying to achieve. You know, I think he's a really determined hard worker and I think if you look at our results um, since he took over, only Rangers and Celtic have amassed more points um, three manager of the month awards, you know, almost a 50% win record. You know, if you'd have said that to me when Stephen Robinson resigned after losing at Kilmarnock um, at the back, uh, back in the last December, I would have, been, I would have ripped both your, your arms off for it. So I'm absolutely delighted with that. I think we want to try and build something for the longer term if we can or as much as football will allow you to build for the, short, the, the longer term. Obviously, it's it is volatile and it's unpredictable in terms of, you know, if, if, if you do poorly or you do really well or, or anything in between, it's, it's, it's very, very hard to, to, to look there. But, you know, our intentions with Graham is to try and do something for the long term because I always think football clubs like Motherwell uh, are much more successful when you have an element of um, continuity and you have an element of settlement amongst the, the, the kind of the, the staff at the club and the people who are there. And I think if you look at, for example, Stuart McCall, Stephen Robinson, um, guys like that Tommy McLean if you go out the way back Mullow have been the most successful and we've got a settled management team and, and that's what we're trying to achieve at the club that we're really bought into Graham I think Graham's really bought into the club um, and hopefully we can try and have as, as successful 2022 as we did in 2021 And just finally before we let you go our producer Callum he's a Dundee United fan Alan and he's got all this figured out he was on the phone to me earlier saying that Kerr Smith is going to get sold to Aston Villa that'll give Dundee United the money to, they need to buy Tony Watt in January now I know you might want to not get dragged into some of that it was slightly tongue in cheek but how will that situation play out as far as you're concerned at the moment? Yeah, I mean, listen, to be, to be quite frank and honest with you, I think the situation is that we have a value on Tony and we, we think Tony's contribution has a value between now and the end of the season. We've put ourselves in a very good position in January, but it is only January, so there's a lot of the season still to be played. So the reality is Tony will only be available for sale if uh, United um, want to meet the, the, the value that we have. And, and listen, that's that's very common in football. That's not anything new. Um, so we, we, won't, we won't just take the easy option and, and give him away for nothing or, or sell him on the cheap. Um, listen, as I said, we, we, we believe his value's got a contribution. If United meet it, then, you know, that like every player at the club, everybody's got value and, and, and we can come to that agreement and we can move on and thank Tony for the for everything he's done for the club. If he doesn't, um, and that doesn't happen during January, then Tony, I think, will be with us for the rest of the season and then we'll, we'll say our farewells at the end of his contract and, and thank him for everything he's done in the almost two years he'd been at the club. Brilliant, Alan, thank you very much for taking the time uh, We'll speak to you soon, hopefully uh, We've seen the last of this type of uh, topic Though it'll be nice to have full fans back for a long time Yeah, thanks guys, all the best Good man, Alan Burrows, Motherwell Chief Executive Let's bring in Douglas in Muirhead And see what's on his mind after today's news Is it overall good news, Douglas? Is, is that is that the way you feel or, or something else? No, absolutely I think I think it's great news uh, for football fans to, to be getting back into the stadiums And hopefully no further lockdowns And you know, I get frustrated when people who aren't into football kind of trivialise football. So, I, I, you know, I, 
I have a pretty full life personally, but there are a lot of guys out there that, uh, uh, you know, I fear that sometimes this is the only time that they feel a part of something is when they attend a football match, you know? So good news, good news all round. But um, I just wanted to make a quick point, actually, and, and I will make it quick because I've, I've got an 18-month-old daughter, similar to yourself, Gordon, and I've just come in from work, so she's yelling for my attention. Well, that's why so, I stay out at this time every night. They don't even <laughs> pay me to be up. here, I just turn up. Um, but anyway, all I was going to say was it was just uh, you know some of your earlier callers have been uh, discussing the complexities of checking that half of the stadium is vaccinated as per Nicola Sturgeon's uh, you know instructions. And I just thought certainly where Rangers are concerned, us season ticket holders at Ibrox have got a smart card, and uh, if I go online and pay for a cup game, then it you know my smart card activates uh, entrance to the stadium, you know. And I just thought the simplest thing here would be to just contact your entire customer base, i.e. the season ticket holders, and ask them to volunteer their vaccination status. Now, I'm fully vaccinated, so personally I wouldn't have any issue with just sending over to the club, you know, proof of that. And they, and they could very quickly poll, do we already have more than 50% of our season ticket holders vaccinated? Great, then we don't need any further marshalling or stewards or... And I, I recognise there's perhaps uh, an element of, you know, I'll give my smart card to my mate if I can't make it and stuff. But by and large, I think we can assume that our stadium is, is populated by season ticket holders. So I just thought that would be a quick and easy way of, of doing, a, doing a snap poll on it. It's an interesting suggestion, Roger. What do you think? Yeah, look, it's, it's an interesting suggestion. I don't know whether there, there are data protection issues in there. I don't know whether, you know, every fan would share Douglas's willingness to... Um, share their vaccination status with uh, the wider world, but it is going. You know, COVID's not going away, Gordon, and issues like this are only going to become more common. Um, as you can see from Novak Djokovic in the last few days, individuals he's vac- had quite a week. Yeah, <laughs> individuals' vaccination status can be a thorny issue for some people. Um, so it's not going to go away, and I think football clubs, nightclubs. Shops, shopping centres, um, they are going mm. to increasingly be looking to find out the vaccination status of individuals. And if people aren't vaccinated, there may find there may be consequences in certain areas of life. Yeah, I don't know what level of cooperation w- would happen between the government and the football clubs. Obviously, there is a, a government approved vaccination app, if you like, or you can get it printed off. And Nicola Sturgeon saying today the the booster part of that, you know, they're gonna they're gonna roll out that that shows up when you scan the QR code. And if you Kevin's just listening mm. here, his head is just just explode. keep him in the studio. Um, we'll print his off. In fact, he has got it printed off. Um, so yeah, whether that's something that then goes into smart cards or season tickets, I'm not sure. And, and maybe the government would prefer to keep it um, along the traditional vaccination I'll passport just, I'll route. Just get this vision of you printing it off and sellotaping it to the back <laughs> of the Nokia. When he when he printed it off initially, he was waving it around triumphantly. That, that's his certificate I'm talking about, by the way, just in case you get carried away. Um, so just a reminder, because Douglas makes a good point. So it's as from Monday, the requirement to be fully vaccinated for the purpose of the certificate will include having a booster if your second dose was more than four months ago. You can still get in uh, with proof of a recent negative lateral flow test. Things you never thought you would discuss, mm-hmm. eh? Douglas and Muirhead, thank you. It's a good point, an interesting one. We'll keep an eye on it. 0141 951 1025. More calls next. 
0141 951 1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Gordon Diel are here. It's 0141951 And we are on Twitter at Clyde SSB as well. If you would rather share your thoughts over there, it has been a big day with the news that the cap on attendance figures will be lifted. Pretty much immediately um, Not in time for this weekend's lower league games But in time for the return Of the top flight from its winter break It's rearranged winter break On Monday night And I'll tell you what Gordon Yes logistical issues to get through Yes people uh, You know wondering and, and arguing about Whether these restrictions should have been in place or not What a week of football We've got to look forward to now next week Celtic against Hibs On Monday Then on Tuesday Aberdeen Rangers Hearts St Johnson Dundee United St Mirren Ross County Motherwell And Livingston Dundee Yeah uh, An exciting fixture list Gordon And uh, all the benefit For the fact that There'll be full houses Great atmospheres Two terrific games Celtic Hibs right away um, Sean Maloney Going back to Celtic Park Started off very well With Hibs Made a few signings Then you've got Celtic And this, the fans will be along there Desperate to see their new signings See them you know, hitting the ground running. Um, that'll be a real exciting one. Then Rangers go to Pataudry. Always an exciting game. A lot of good games, Gordon. The great thing is fans are back. And it was good to hear Alan Burris talking about it. Just not the fact that the fans are back. It's great for the clubs financially. Sure. Financially, that's what you've got to look at as well. So, so far, fingers crossed that we can go on now and go forward and get a real exciting league. Mm. And I'm really excited for next Monday to come. Uh, Chris is a Rangers fan from Airdrie. How excited are you to be... Back at a busy Ibrox, Chris. Oh, I'm definitely excited to go back to the games without doubt. But um, it was just to do with the the COVID passport mm-hmm. and and how they like, they just don't work basically. Um, it was like well, when you're at Ibrox, obviously there's so many people, so the internet on your phone doesn't work, so you can't show your passport. Um, and then there's nobody. I've never seen one person scan a, a, um, a QR code ever. And I've been at Hamden as well for the Hibs game. Um, and so I just don't understand how they're going to work it if they're going to say 25,000 at Ibrox. Yeah, just... Roger, that's something that you um, exp- you expressed a, a slight concern that earlier on. We just spoke to Alan there against slightly different for, for crowds of that size. He described it, I think, as the lesser of two evils. It, it, it might not work perfectly, but, but ultimately if that's what you have to be seen to be trying to do, then... That, that's the way it's going to have but, to be You know something That's a very very good way Of putting it If you're <laughs> seen to Trying to do it Trying to do mm. it And trying to maybe Scan This guy And then the guy there And the guy then Maybe that's 50% uh, I would suggest Chris Internet on the internet I think you'll be okay You'll get into the game I would imagine well, Let's read the quote again I won't play the full mm. clip Our guidance Will now stipulate Organisers of large events Of a thousand or more should check the certification status of at least 50% rather than the current 20 or at least 1,000 people, whichever figure is higher. That's from the the First Minister. So, um, again, Roger, it is very difficult to know on a case-by-case basis if Chris turns up and the internet's not working, is he going to get kicked out? I would very You would find so. it unlikely. And, and uh, that, does Jason Leach rock up at Ibrox at 10 past three, find out that only 45% of people have been checked, walk onto the pitch and stop the game? Again, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like going forward. Yeah, I'm not sure. Jason Lee is a Rangers man. I don't know. I'm not sure what football team he does support. If he does support, a people team will at have all. their theories anyway, so it won't, yeah, it won't really matter. I, I'm, I'm sure people will. Um, it, it, it's strange. 
And Alan Burroughs, I think, was extremely kind to the Scottish Government And uh, I, I do tend to agree slightly They're trying their very hardest at unprecedented times To make the right decisions I think the 500 fan rule was the wrong decision I think it's cost several clubs, including Chris's club Rangers It's hit them in the pocket because they had to play a game against St Merlin Boxing Day With 500 yep. people rather than 50,000 people But we've now got a situation where And to use Nicola Sturgeon's quotes They're lifting the restrictions in a phased way so I don't know whether Chris goes for a pint before the game or anything on you know on a next Friday night against Stirling Albion. So you go to the bar, it's table service. You can't go up to the bar. No, that, that, to has that not been taken away as well today? No, I think, no? I think the indoor restrictions are still there. Okay, I'll double check. Um, I heard something about it. I might have picked it up wrong. So you're socially distanced within the pub. You then come on, come out. You squeeze onto a bus or squeeze onto a train to get yourself to the game. The very thing that Jason Leach said was the most dangerous part of it all. And then you sit with 60,000 people or 50,000 at Ibox or 67,000 at Murrayfield. So I find it all a bit strange. I find it all a bit difficult to get my head around. I think it's good news for the game, good news for supporters, the right thing to do to let everyone back in. But I think there are mixed messages still getting sent out. Yeah, I think you're right. 24th of January, the next check uh, on the... Indoor venues, as far as I can see. Again, that's not that's not our problem for now. Uh, as much as I sympathise with everyone uh, caught up in that, I mean, Gordon, I I think what we should also acknowledge is I have no idea how the decision making process is taken. If we were in the room and we were trying to come up with a vaccination checker, mm. and do you really go? Oh, well, actually, we can't do that because the internet might not work at Ibrooks, and, and therefore that plan will never work. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't think. <laughs> Look, I think clubs will do their very best, Gordon, because we don't want to get back the way. You hear Alan Burroughs there, uh, he's got an easier job at Motherwell because they don't get the 50,000, 60,000 that Celtic and Rangers get uh, every home game. So he's already planning ahead. Every club will do their utmost best. It's going to be very, of course, it's going to be very difficult, but at least we're going forward here. We've got positive signs, we've got positive mm. news We've got to try and keep doing it I know what Roger's saying But I just look at the positive side of it Starting by Monday Yes, the Stewards, it's a difficult one for them Difficult for the clubs But This is a but lot support- better than fans not being allowed 100%. in It's a bit strange, we seem to be no, Almost 100%. as annoyed as, as we were previously which and, is odd. and I, I think also the fans that that's now getting back to the game and the news today will be brilliant for them, they'll have to take a bit of responsibility as well. You know, they've got to go along there and I know that look, some people can't be annoyed with getting checks or whatever it may be. You've got to be mm. a part of it, Gordon, because you've got to understand your club's doing everything mm. to keep you in that ground, keep you supporting your team and watching football. Uh, I mean, the only... I, I bow to your superior knowledge, Chris. I don't have the privilege of, of going to games. I'm stuck in here with this lot at the weekend. Christofferson says, apparently the stewards know what to look for when they see a passport with a QR code so they don't need to scan it. I've no idea, Chris. That doesn't sound like a particularly good way of going about it. But you never know. I've never seen somebody with a scanner. That's what I mean. I've n- like at all the games I've been to since we're to show our COVID status. I've never seen somebody actually with a scanner in their hand to scan a QR code. I just don't even know if they exist. <laughs> yeah, I mean this anecdotal stuff. This is where it's it's tough because I, I don't know if we'll have time to to squeeze him in. But Paul has just put a call through to the producer, and I can see his point. He's saying he has seen it work easily at games that he's been to. I don't know It's good news on one hand The most positive thing is Mm. The supporters are getting back in 
They're there to support their team And financially It's brilliant for clubs See look You ray of sunshine Rain cloud Roger Exactly we'll call him tonight Right okay <laughs> Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Well we just go back To the restrictions Would that, would that make you happier? Oh no yeah. I've said many, many tonight, things tonight I'm absolutely yes, delighted by this I think this is Positive news I think it's great news You're just, come, just hiding it well And come Monday night At quarter to eight At Celtic Park the place will be, to quote Callum McGregor, rocking. I preferred you last week when I didn't have to look <laughs> when at was that. When in the house. Yeah. <laughs> when I didn't have to look at that ball face that you've got. Uh, yeah, wasn't it that when I came in? You didn't have to have the ball <laughs> exactly. broke tonight. You got a cup of tea made Thank for you. 01419511025. Call right now to play Beat to the Pundit. There will be no questions about vaccine passports or anything even close to it. So if you want to take on Roger or Gordon, now is the time to get your call in. And it needs to be in before 7 o'clock. Beat the Pundits next. Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Gordon DL are here It's 01419511025 We've been reacting to the news That full crowds are welcome back to Scottish football As of Monday So if you've got any thoughts on that Keep them coming in It would be nice to talk about the actual stuff on the pitch The players, the teams How the second half of the season might pan out So if you've got thoughts on that The transfer window up and running Now is a great time to share it 01419511025 We'll hear from Celtic's new signings after this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Okay, Beat the Pundit time Did we have a victory for Hugh Keevans last night? I think we did My memory's not as good as it should be uh, mm-hmm. On these matters Or did Alex No Alex lost That just shows you how bad it is Again. It wasn't even Q that played It was Alex And he lost So yeah He's having a chore of time right? He is Yeah he's having a real tough time of it 3-1 I think maybe he lost he was, He's Three times in nine days he's lost How's that for a record Even I, you I don't do I'm not as bad as that No um, Anyway James is in Inverness Does, uh, does Black Arthur operate a relegation system? Mm. Uh, I think so uh, Although I don't know who it would have been last year Because Alex actually was top of the, the table last year I don't know what's what's going on But anyway, James is in Inverness Are you feeling confident tonight, James? Uh, confident as I can be You know, you don't want to overstep the mark with these guys Exactly Oh, I don't know about that And especially Roger Hanna You've still not lost this season You do start on minus one When was the last time you played? I think we need to get him back in the saddle um, it is the toss of the coin though Heads it's Roger Tails I'm afraid it will be you For about the 40th time this season Gordon <laughs> DL See how we get on I'm not even going to look at this right Producer Chris is behind me And you can hear him turning around a little bit Chris lean into the mic Tell the good people what that coin says Tails Telling you This coin's got it in for you I wanted Roger I feel like he's just sitting there every week Taking you just a back made seat. that up No it, it genuinely was You made because you know I don't like you nah, I, I saw a little glimpse of it And I knew it was tail So that's why I had to get, okay. get some confirmation Right uh, That's good news for you James Yep Yep Happy days then there Oh alright okay James Right let's give Gordon yeah. some Clyde too So that he doesn't know what's going on Well I mean he never knows what's going on But you get my drift uh, James 30 seconds Answer as many questions as you can And pass if you don't know Alright Aye, all good, no Let's worries. get stuck in 30 seconds starts now Which Celtic player currently wears number 8? Zorro Name the only Rangers player playing at the African Cup of Nations Aribo Name either manager in the English top flight Who also played in the Scottish top flight Pass Who's the current Scottish Premiership top scorer? 
Pass. How many games does each side play after the Scottish Premiership split? Five each. Which Scottish Championship side does Zach Rudden play for? Partick Thistle. Strong finish. All right, let's bring Gordon Deal back. Gordon, can you hear us? Yeah. What's he laughing at? He's not laughing. He's dancing to Karma Chameleon. Oh. I am gutted I missed that. I th- things you can't unsee. However, come on. There are cameras in the studio. No, I wasn't. Come on. Hopefully, one of them was trained on him because I missed that. I had my head down. I was focused right. on the job in hand. Are you ready, Gordon? Yep. Right, 30 seconds starts now. Which Celtic player currently wears number eight? Number uh, Name the only Rangers player playing at the African Cup of Nations. Arrivo. Name either manager in the English top flight who's also played in the Scottish top flight. David Moyes. Who's the current Scottish Premiership top goalscorer? Um, Tony Watt How many games does each side play after the Scottish Premiership split? Uh, five Which Scottish Championship side does Zach Rudden play for? Party And Rocky Bushiri joined which Scottish and. Premiership side this week? Okay, James, what's the verdict? I think he's done me by a couple there mm. oh, I hope Let's I have, out. James Let's find you out You can have a wee dance with me, chameleon Because you've had a rubbish time <laughs> of it this season, haven't you? Tough a, time this season He was a bit smart No, nah, I don't think he was Yeah, he was nah, I'm going was for him uh, Which Celtic player wears number 8? It is Kyogo Furuhashi 1-0 to Gordon <sighs> See you later, James, Who's hang the up. only Rangers player at the African Cup of Nations? James knew it was Joe Aribo I'm glad so he got one I'm glad he got one Either manager in the English top flight Who's played in the Scottish top flight Mikel Arteta Or David Moyes James not got that 3-1 I said an over God How are you feeling now James? Still confident? <laughs> yeah. We all know every dog gets a day Do they know? Yeah yeah Just get that Just get the button at the b- below your phone son Just press it no, I don't I want to speak to him Who's the current top scorer in the Premiership? Is Tony Watt See you <laughs> It's 4-1 I've never seen the likes of this James was not done yet He knew the right answer Five games after the split So did you Yeah You've got everyone right so far Has this ever happened before? Never Keep going Gordy Which Scottish Championship side Does Zach Rudden play for? James knew that as well He knew Partick Thistle Yeah But so did you Six Three To Gordon DL And that was the end of the road for you, James. Gordon got one more question. Let's see if he can go 100%. Rocky Bashiri joined which Scottish Premiership club this week? Roger, who is it? Yeah, Hibernian. Yes, James! How do you like those apples, young man? See, listen to him. Listen to how polite I James really is, and no. you're you're disgracing yourself. Nothing worse than a bad one. I really don't care, James. You've just <laughs> been scudded, mate. Honestly, what a <laughs> night you've had. I'll take it. What's your second name, it. James? Don't tell him. Uh, oh, we can't declare that. <laughs> <laughs> He's not from Inverness either, oh. is he? He's just saying oh. that because he doesn't want to be. How many did James die? get? James got three Which I thought was fine Lucky James On another night honourable is it not? It is honourable James Hard lines Hard lines James That's all good You have a good one lads Thank you you. Listen to that James is a thoroughly good man And you are not That's what I've taken away From this goes. I hope his full family's listening right (laughs) I really do I hope they're all round the coffee table With all their wirelesses on Listen to James Imagine imagine losing to a guy Who still calls it a wireless As well Roger I, I, I'm guilty of that as well I have um, to say. You, you, You'll need to warm up To Culture Club Every Tuesday And Thursday night now. I, I fa- don't I, think see, I, I, I think seven, I think seven's the highest I've ever had I, don't, I would agree I don't think you've What ever was the eighth question? Seven out of seven Will we see if he could have oh, Got the ten? Come on Now this one will do him Straight oh, away On will it You're right, out. Go. Now you'll get this in fact Which Scottish top flight club Does Calvin Ramsey play for? Calvin Ramsey plays with Aberdeen He does 
I've never heard this before This sounds made up to me But anyway uh, Which SPFL club are nicknamed The Black and Gold Galabankies? Aaron <laughs> this, is is, this is unthinkable I'm you're, going, <laughs> you're going for ten in a row I'm going for a million pounds It's quite a well discussed topic on this programme Right Who scored? Oh you'll never get this good There's no. nothing better than seeing this bubble burst Roger Who scored the first Scottish Premiership goal this season? You'll never get that the first one? Yep. Well, um, I'm going to go Ryan Kent. Oh, last season. I was that last season. <laughs> it was last season. <laughs> <laughs> Pitodri. Oh. You're joking. No, they you played Livingston at home first out, game. They did. Yanis Hadji. Ah, Lucky. Livingston at home. Nine out of ten. There we oh, go. Uh, lines. I'm happy with Breaks that. Breaks my Roger. heart. I'm happy with that. He was a man in form, Roger. He certainly was It yeah. shows how hard This 10 in a row thing is oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Let's move on 01419511025 Let's hear a bit from Some of Celtic's New signings Via uh, Translation Of course uh, They've A couple of them Been speaking today uh, Daisen Maeda Can't wait to start Playing alongside Compatriot Kyogo Furuhashi And he says He and Kyogo Have similar strengths both of us, we have similar speed um, as a strength, uh, how we play. Um, so at the moment, I'm thinking of how we can apply pressure to the opposing team when it comes to attack- attacking. Um, so I'm extremely looking forward to playing with Kyogo, but also with the rest of the entire teammates. I have worked with him during Yokohama Marinos days and um, I really admire his strong views and opinions and um, he's the kind of manager that you want to follow and do your best with. Anyone else worried that the translation wasn't going to kick in there and Gordon Dio was going to have to do it? <laughs> I certainly was, uh, but we got there and it was it was good to hear something from uh, Daisen Maeda as he looks forward to life in a Celtic jersey. Let's bring in John who is a Celtic fan from East Kilbride. Um, he says he's got similar strengths to Kyogo. John looking forward to putting pressure on opposition defences, says they're both quick. Are you excited to see these guys in action? Hi, guys. Uh, obviously delighted that the club have moved a bit quicker in getting the guys in. And being a Celtic fan, I think Big Ange has made a connection with us all. And obviously, I hope that they're very successful. What concerns me is that the impact and the message it sends out to guys like Stephen Wells, Adam Montgomery, uh, young Dane Murray, who come in and done well, and there's, there's a B team full of young boys. And certainly as a Celtic fan, we always like to see the young boys coming through in progress. And uh, is that going to be restricting now, or is it a case of just buying to win at all costs? I mean, it's, a, it's an age old balance, Roger, that every club in the world is. Is trying to strike I guess What do you make of John's concerns? Yeah it's win at all costs I think um, in this city Of all other cities It is win at all costs Now I think every club in the world Would like to produce an 11 That would win every week And was consisting of Homegrown footballers That's just unrealistic I think Ange Postacoglu now has been in He's actually given quite a bit of game time To some of the players there that John mentioned You know Stephen Welsh Adam Montgomery Young Dane Murray played in Europe at the start of the season Young Ewan Henderson scored in Europe But I think now Six months in Ange Postacoglu has looked at them all um, Has decided 
he can dispense with the services of some of them. Ewan Henderson is now going to Hibs and he feels that to take Celtic where he wants to take Celtic, he is going to have to improve the side from external sources, if you like, rather than the internal source of the Lennox Academy. Gordon, we always try and champion young players and, and we love to think there's that <coughs> pathway, as people call it, quite a frustrating word at times, uh, to, to get into the first team. How important is, or how difficult is that balance? Because there's another, maybe harsher, school of thought, which is, well, if they're good enough, then then they'll play, and if they're not as good, then you go and sign people from elsewhere. Well, or, had, or do they need the chance? We've had the debate for over a season with, um, you know, Patterson at, at Rangers. Um, Rangers fans were crying out for this guy, young player coming through the ranks. Uh, Rangers fans wanted him in there, international, and he couldn't get regular football, and he had to leave Scotland to go to Everton to try and uh, get his career up and running again, Gordon. I think it's very difficult for young players now. Uh, gone are the days that... You know, if a centre forward, a midfield player was injured, then stepped a young player, got a, 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 a bit of opportunity to play a few games, back out, the experienced player come back. They're going with such big squads now because of the, the amount of fixtures. They're going with two, sometimes three quality players for uh, most positions, Gordon, which leaves... It's a very narrow avenue for young players to come through. Yes, you'll get the key tyrannies of this world, but I think if you're going to break through these clubs, especially Rangers and Celtic, you have got to be exceptional. Uh, John, like I say, we all love the idea of, of young local players coming through and, and doing well for any team. But is it is it worth bearing in mind, John, that just recently Celtic lost Ayer, Edward, Christie, Scott Brown, even El Yunusi, Olivier and Cham. Is it not too much to expect these Voids to be filled just by turning to your academy. Uh, yeah, yeah, to a certain extent, you're right. But I think the, the step up. You see, I mean, Tony Ralston's been absolutely tremendous. He's came from nowhere this year, and he's to me, he's been Celtic's player of the year. And I think Stephen Welsh isn't let us down. Adam Montgomery maybe looked a wee bit tired, but he's very, very talented. And I just hope he doesn't cut them off because uh, he's signing all these players, doing a brilliant job. I think he's a great guy, but you know, it's if you, you see if if you're good enough, you'll play. It's, it's, I'm just concerned. I looked at the young boy during the week, Joey Dawson, playing for the B team, and there's another couple of great young players there as well. And I just hope that Disney send the wrong signal out to these guys, and they they manage to keep their focus, you know, and getting better, and maybe making that breakthrough into the first thing. The, the one that fascinates me, John. It's Karamoko Dembele I think he's just coming back to fitness just now Celtic fans for a very long time now Have been waiting for Karamoko to, to make that impact on the first team Yes he's had injury problems Of course he has But he's coming to the end of another contract I think I think this could be a big mm. five months For Karamoko Dembele in his Celtic career What did you make of what you heard Gordon uh, Brief though it may have been from Dyson Maeda Talking about well, Ange Postacoglu teaming up with him again, but working with Kyogo, saying they've got similar strengths and looking forward to. Um, I think everyone can sort of already get a good idea of what type of player this guy is. He's clearly very quick. He likes yeah. to run a lot, uh, by mm. all accounts. Um, how do you see him fitting in? Uh, very excited, like most Celtic fans, to see him go on what he brings to Scottish football. I've got to say, seeing a little clip, <clears throat> once again, only show you the good bits in training the other day there. A really composed goal, used his pace. 
Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the table. I just think when new signings come into clubs, especially Rangers, Celtic, and especially the amount of uh, players that Ange Postacoglu and certainly needed to bring in to boost their uh, squad, I think the Celtic fans will be going along there Monday night, really excited to see these guys playing. Pleased about that news, John, today about the the fan restrictions being lifted. <laughs> well, you know that was my second point. I I was on here when the when they first mooted this idea and they brought it out, and I said it was outrageous because it wouldn't make any difference. To it. Certainly to me personally, I, I was going to allow myself to blackmail, bullied, queer, however you want to describe it, and they taking a vaccine for whatever reasons you either do or you don't want to take it. And it, it's turned out it's not made any difference. But what concerns me is a lack from... I've only heard Jim Goodwin of St Mirren come out and oppose this, and it's a lack of leadership for the football authorities. And I dare I say you guys in the media, you know, I heard, I think it was uh, Gordon was saying it doesn't quite make sense and it doesn't add up. Well, I never heard much of that when she first brought it out. And she put a restriction on people Well you obviously weren't listening John That's all I heard Roger Sorry, say again When the first restri- when the restriction was brought out John doesn't feel that the, the media were critical enough of that decision Oh no they certainly were I've criticised the 500 fan Yes So yeah I've criticised it tonight as well uh, uh, Listen I'm not going to get into a row over Who's vaccinated, who's not vaccinated I think vaccinations, the, the data will show Have made a difference And I think now the football authorities And the Scottish government Are keen to emphasise that they really want if fans are going to get into the ground, they want vaccinated fans in the grounds. I think you know that you're going to have to show that you're not just double jab but booster as well, or you can provide a, a, a negative lateral flow. This is going to be an issue going forward, God. This isn't just an issue, but we're talking about it because Celtic Hibs is the first game back, and Nicola Sturgeon was talking about it today. It's not just an issue for Celtic Park, this is going to be something that football fans, football clubs, football authorities, and the Public in general Are going to have to live with Going forward Covid's not going away As we said earlier on the show Life As it was prior To March 2020 We're never going to see those days again And also for For Celtic Park For Ibrox the, the number of people required to be checked For vaccination status Is going up But That, that check has already been in place It's, yeah. not, it's not a huge difference uh, And we heard from uh, From Alan Burrows Talking about You know It's clubs like Motherwell And, and others that will have to Put something in place uh, It brings us up to time For more of your calls 01419511025 If you call now Good chance we could get you on next Taking your calls On Scottish football 01419511025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Gordon DL and Roger Hanna Are here It's 01419511025 And we're on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB Now we've got a good teaser here Gordon DL just before the break finished Said to Roger I'll handle this <laughs> Because he's feeling awfully confident After his beat the pundit victory uh, Let's see how you get on with this one It's your old pal We've not heard from him uh, in a while I don't think John Smith Has sent a really good question in Very recent, very topical mm-hmm. Let's see how much attention you've been paying Name 10 players Or V10 players Who scored in the FA Cup at the weekend who have played in Scotland So very uh, uh, simple 10 players who scored in the FA Cup at the Dykes. weekend Who have played in Scotland Lyndon Dykes did it for QPR against Rotherham Yeah, Big goal on Sunday Lewis Graben, Forrest against Arsenal Who did he play for up here Gordon? Lewis Graben uh, No idea Lewis Graben played for I know who he played for 
Wasn't it Livingston? Nope. I know it wasn't. That's what I said. It wasn't Livingston. Aberdeen? Motherwell. Some Motherwell fan you are. Anyway. Seriously? Seriously. I don't remember him. He couldn't have been that good. Uh, Roger or Gordon, one more each, one more from you. Uh, hold on. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Who scored for Forrest? I've just told you Lewis Gravin <laughs> scored the goal for Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> the, the goal that put Morecambe ahead at Spurs at the weekend, Anthony O'Connor. Oh, he's shown uh, off. I don't know. I he don't even know who he is. Anthony O'Connor, Aberdeen. Well done, that's I'll give, a... you, I'll give you another question, Gordon. Lewis Graben Don't. signed mm-hmm. on the same day another player signed for Murrow had a double press conference at Fur Park who was the other player? I, that I don't know that's you just showing off journalistically I was a mere fan back then um, <laughs> let me think uh, X Rangers Ross McCormick close Stephen Hughes ah. Ma- uh, Madison at Leicester ah brilliant well done ok we'll leave it there you're making easy work of that 10 players who scored in the FA Cup at the weekend Who've played in Scotland Dykes O'Connor Madison Graben We'll get the other six Between now and the end of the show And as always We're always on the lookout For your questions Full time At Clyde1.com Let's bring in Stephen and Cope Bridge What's your point tonight Stephen? Evening guys How you doing? Hi Stephen Good Happy New Year to yourselves Thank you you. Uh, Just uh, I'm hearing Celtic fans Over the past few nights And last week Talking about Ange And how he's flying And The team's playing so well But I'm I'm trying to get my head around it They've got the same points Or or worse off this year Than they had last year And and they're flying this year But they were rotten last year I'm not Disney quite add up If you know what I mean What's right and what's wrong Um, Are they they flying Or are they not doing too good This season And they were playing rotten last season, but they've got the same points this season. It's not the, what's happening. Do you know what I mean? How, how are they flying? So, in summary, you you don't want Celtic fans to be as confident about things as as they are being. Well, they were only confident last year in the amount of points they've got this year. The same amount of points, if you know what I mean. Yep. They were rotten last year, but this year they're flying. Mm. They're playing the best football they've played. But last year they were dire. They were rotten, but they've got the same amount of points as this year. Roger, um, I, th- well, I think beauty is probably in the eye of the beholder in this one Celtic supporters last season could see the way this season was unravelling in front of their eyes And it unravelled to the extent that not only did they not get the 10 in a row about it does and beat the pundit tonight But they finished 25 points adrift of Rangers And I think you mentioned it yourself to one of the earlier corners, Gordon They lost Brown, Christie, Ayer El Yunusi, Edward, various other players as well, loan players went away. Um, so I don't think expectations among Celtic supporters were as sky high as they normally would be when a new manager coming in the summer. And I think they've been pleasantly surprised at the style of football that Ange Postacoglu is playing. They've been pleasantly surprised at some of the signings, Kyogo and Jota in the forefront. They've been pleasantly surprised that they won the League Cup final. Mm. And pleasantly surprised that they are within six points of Rangers Because I think a lot of Celtic fans would have said They probably have been further behind mm. a very good Rangers side at this stage of the season So if the points total is the same, then the points total is the same But I think Celtic fans feel better about their team at the start of January 2022 Than they did about their team at the start of January 2021 No doubt Absolutely no doubt I can I understand what Stephen's saying there About the point situation But this was a guy that walked into an absolute Nightmare of a job right away 
losing the players the quality he had he had to get to his transfer window he had to keep himself in the title challenge and he's obviously added a bit of silverware Gordon the players he's brought in um, the Celtic fans are excited by and they think that going forward it's got to be a real good team especially when he adds you know his signings of the, the January window in there as well uh, they play attractive football and he's turned one or two guys probably careers that looked like they were going out the door at Celtic Park um, young Ralston for instance turned him into a very fine player indeed giving him a new contract as well I think Beaton's became a, a, a better player under his manager no doubt Tom Rogic has found a new lease of life so I think there's more positives there and negatives whether you look at the mm. points tally or not yeah, I wonder, Stephen, is there a possibility that you're putting too much emphasis on you know, points total this season versus points total last season? Because in any season, the league might change. The league, and I'm not talking about Celtic or Rangers or anyone, just generally speaking, the league one season might be really strong. Then the next season it might be a bit weaker or it might be even stronger. Your rivals might be doing better than the previous season or they might be doing worse. So to just compare two sets of... Of points totals I wonder if it tells the full story I mean the Celtic fans who come on I, I guess some of their optimism comes from the fact that last season they get knocked out of the League Cup at home to Ross County this season they won the League Cup last season they lost twice in Europe 4-1 to Sparta Prague now it wasn't a vintage European campaign this year but it was better than that so I, I wonder if those fans that you do hear being happier are basing it on more than just this points total versus last season's points total I think time will tell, guys. I think time will tell. Rangers have got that six-point gap. There's there's a lot to play for still this season, but we'll see where it goes. I take your points on board, and I, I just thought I'd throw that out there and see what you said about it, and I, I take it on board, and it'll be, it'll be a good second half to the season. We'll see where it goes. I hope so. What about your own team, Stephen? I mean, I'm seeing... Well, obviously, we know Nathan Patterson's gone. James Sands is in. Um, Joe Rivo's at the, the African Cup of Nations. What about John Souter? Reports, you know, today suggesting Stephen he's about to decide between two English clubs and, and Rangers as to where his future lies. Would you like it to be at Ibrox? I would sign him in a heartbeat. I think he's a very good footballer. I think think he's a good age. He's just been unfortunate with injuries, but I think he is a very good footballer. He's very good on the ball. He's good with his head. He's he would be an excellent signing, I think, for Rangers and. He can only do better Do you know what I mean He can he can only get better with age And I think he's at a right age mm-hmm. To move on And progress And he's got European football There for him And he's A Scotland squad There for him So I think it would be An ideal signing I just hope we can hold on To a couple of players as well I know there's A few players Playing very well at the moment I'm sure eyes will be on them Aribo having a good game today, A good game today So It'll be It'll be a, it'll be an interesting window But I, I think mm-hmm. We've done very well Roger John Souter How does this play out Does it Does it play out this week Any chance he stays at Hearts But and, and On that pre-contract Or does something get accelerated Is it accelerated In the direction of Govan Or south of the border What do you think Well he would need, he would need to sign a pre-contract With somebody first. Yeah of course Rob, Robbie Nielsen saying They won't sell during this window mm-hmm. That might be a decision Ultimately that's taken out Robbie Nielsen's hands mm-hmm. By Anne Budge And the people above Him at Hearts um, I believe John Souter's narrowed it down To Rangers And a couple of clubs In England um, He has Seen the pitch From all of the teams And he's in a very Very good position John Souter will now Dictate John Souter's future um, This is what these Pre-contract deals Are all about If I was to have a Guess 
I, I've always, I, I've nothing at all to back this up with. It's just a hunch, and I've said it to Daz, we've discussed it the last two or three weeks. I've just always had a feeling John Suter would end up at Rangers. I might be wrong. I've nothing at all to bang that up on other than a hunch. It just, I just think it's a good fit for John Suter. Well, if I was Rangers, there's no doubt I think he'd be a good fit for the club. I think he's got everything in his locker. It's well documented, everybody talks about injuries, but I think he's over that, Gordon. And plus the fact you can bring any player in from anywhere in the world and it can be unlucky and pick up a bad injury or what it may be. I just think that he's matured, he's got better, uh, he's been terrific for Hearts, he's got that Scotland uh, recognition now. I think he's playing with a lot of confidence and I think he's a very, very good player. And I, I'm like Roger, I think he'd be a fantastic fit at Ibrox. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. You wonder if we'll hear an announcement one way or another this week, whether it is going to be, like Roger says, it would need to be a pre-contract first, what that looks like then thereafter. We have seen Scott Brown previously. Hugh talked about it last night. Tony Watts, the big one. If it is Rangers... Does that does that change the the discussion around whether you accelerate it and try and make it happen now? Can, is it easier to stay a Hearts player this season and know that you're going to Blackburn after the summer than it is if that destination is Rangers? Because um, you're in the same league. I would imagine it, it'd be easier if you know you're going down south. Of course, you know, and as a player, you'd probably want the business done as quickly as possible. Do Rangers need to desperately go out there and fork out? Too much money for them No they don't Because I think They've obviously Got bags of uh, Cover In the centre half positions and, and players That are very capable Of playing week in Week out But I just think In the summer John Suter Would be a good uh, Addition to that squad Yeah you're right I think that sometimes It's like Tony Watt And you you heard Alan Burrows there Quite rightly He's He's got a job to do For Motherwell Saying right Okay if the price is right uh, And you know They pay the value At this moment What they think He can move on I'll be saying with John Sure, But I, I did just think that um, Either way Gordon I think he would still give 100% for For Hearts I think he's that sort of boy But I just think that uh, For Rangers He'd be a magnificent signing These things go back Does he remember you know, years and years ago, you know, once he, this rule was brought in, you started getting this type of eventuality. Players signing a pre-contract with other clubs in the same division four or five months before the end of their contract. And it, it puts them in a difficult position. It puts the clubs in a difficult position. I think a lot of people just accepted it and said, well, you know, that's progress. That's, mm. just, that's just the way it is. I was fascinated by the, the words from Graham Alexander at the weekend. He was the first... High profile manager I've seen Who said He's actually against it He doesn't think it's fair mm. Not only Does he not think it's fair To his club Motherwell He didn't think it was fair To put that pressure On an individual Like Tony Watt Who You know Could be Playing for Motherwell His current employer Against Dundee United A future employer yeah. And a you know in a couple of crucial games it could, I, be, it could be a battle for a top six. I, I, I said that last night that sort of example, and I I get you know Hugh and, and others were of a more just kind of bigger picture, that, and, and I get that. But but there is a scenario where if it's John Souter or it's Tony Watt, where you know, and, and we're now really getting ahead of ourselves. For anyone who's just tuned in, John Souter's not signed the pre-contract to Rangers, no. by the way. But if he did, Rangers play Hearts last game of the season, post-split title decider. And John Souter is going there next season and he's in the Hearts team. That 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 is an awkward situation. Is that what Graham Alexander was, was talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's what he was meaning. And it, it, you say, you know, he didn't think it was fair to put the individual players under that burden of pressure. 
I agree with that. I, I think Graham Alexander is 100% right. Um, it is unfair in the players. You look at Tony Watt. Tony Watt's the top goal scorer just now in the league. I heard He's, that on Beat the Pundit, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I got that one right. Uh, unfortunately for James, he struggled. Um, absolutely brilliant. What happens is he signs a pre contract with Dundee United. Next game with Motherwell. He's on the bench. Okay, you can argue Motherwell win the game. But in under any other circumstances, um, Tony Watt would be playing because he's one of our best players. So I do think it is a very difficult situation for players. Yeah, on John Souter though, Roger, there was a doomsday scenario. Hearts were staring at a couple of these because Craig Gordon was in a similar boat and Craig Halkett was in a similar boat, but they've secured both of them and Halkett being the latest one today. So uh, looking much more positive than it could have been for Hearts fans. Oh, listen, absolutely. And it's funny how, you know, activity in the month of January really depends on where a club is at and its evolution. Look across the city. Rocky Bashiri, one of Daz's answers and, and beat the pundit tonight, one of five or six new signings under a new manager in a new look Hibernian squad. Whereas Hearts, position higher up the league in third, they, the, the majority of their business so far has been to, to keep players. You know, they kept Craig Gordon a longer deal, as you say. Craig Halkett mm. on a new deal, I think, is a terrific bit of business because I think he's a really solid Premiership centre-half and that's exactly what Hearts will need if they're losing John Souter. So I think Robbie Nielsen will be, will be quite pleased with some of the business he's done. It's not flashy, it's not big new signings, but he's secured some of the some of the key pillars in his football team. Whilst we're on the subject of Edinburgh then, how difficult is it starting to look for Hibs to keep hold of Martin Boyle, do you think? Yeah, incredible uh, offer coming in for Saudi Arabia, is that right? Um, that's that's life-changing, Gordon, and... You just look as a club. I know that you've got to do the best as a club, but you know, for someone like that, you've, you've really got to seriously look at that. He was linked with, you know, Celtic uh, last week. We were discussing on this program would be a good fit for Celtic, but to go over there and the figures that's getting branded about is incredible. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. Sure, Sean Maloney will be desperate for Martin Boyle to stay at Hibs. He's bringing in a lot of players. He stamped his own authority there as a Hibs manager. He wants his best players round about him. Boyle comes into that category, but you just look at it, it's it's a short career football, and if the lad decided to take that up, I would certainly wouldn't blame him. It, it is a short career, and Sean Maloney will know it's a short career. And Sean Maloney was around the world. He was down south, he was in Chicago, and you know, he, he knows football inside out. Martin Boyle in his career, he's doing very well just now. He's an Australian international, he's scored 11 goals for Hibs this season, he's just got a new contract to 2024, but... The early days of Martin Boyle's career, he was at Montrose, he was at Dundee when Dundee weren't in the Premiership. A lot of Martin Boyle's career, he will not have been highly paid. And this is an opportunity for Martin Boyle, who's a married man with a young family. Mm. It's an opportunity for him to go and, as you say, make life-changing money over the next few years. And it would be very, very difficult, I think, to deny Martin Boyle the opportunity to go and at least discuss this. Uh, 0141 to get your thoughts in On the subject of signings I know we are busy enough north of the border But just something that caught my eye Am I being unfair to someone who's a perfectly good player A perfectly capable professional So with no disrespect to him I just wonder If you were a Newcastle fan And you were really excited about your new regime You're the, the mm. richest of the rich And you've got your eye on all these world superstars Would you be a little bit underwhelmed At signing Chris Wood from Burnley? Well the Rangers revolution in 1986 started with Colin West So Got another, to start somewhere Yeah Okay Indeed So Kieran Trippier £12 million 
20 million Chris Chris Wood 20 million pounds You know It's not small fees And they're proven players At that level And by signing Chris Wood You're also taking him away From Burnley One of your direct rivals At the bottom of the league That's maybe the strangest part of it Gordon Mm. 20 million is a lot It's not that much In that league Yeah Selling to a relegation rival It's a buyout clause isn't it Yeah, yeah buy, I suppose that, that, that seems to me that they're already pre- preparing for a championship Gordon I don't think he's a kind of And he is a good player and a good target man, But I don't think he's the kind of guy That's going to get you out of relegation Anyway we've got enough on our plate up here Let's revisit the teaser quickly Before we take more of your calls uh, Name the 10 players who scored in the FA Cup at the weekend Who have played in Scotland You've got Lyndon Dykes, Lewis Graben James Madison Anthony O'Connor Formerly of Aberdeen mm. Now of Morecambe I'll take one more guess each I know Roger's got a lot I'll go for El Yunusi. Yes he scored against Swansea for Southampton Roger Chris Woods mate Jay Rodriguez Jay Rodriguez When did he play in Scotland The listeners say Stirling Albion Yeah that memorable <laughs> Stirling Albion loan spell In 2008 <sighs> One of the great facts of Scottish football Right, there are a couple more to get We'll get them next Number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard It's 0141 951 1025 To pick up the phone, get involved It's at Clyde SSB as well uh, If you would rather tweet your kind regards to Gordon DL Or Roger Hanna uh, then you can find us over there Quickly on this teaser The last 10 players who, uh, Not the last 10 Just the 10 players who scored In the FA Cup at the weekend Who've played in Scotland Easy ones Lyndon Dykes Mohamed El Some really tricky ones Anthony O'Connor Jay Rodriguez Lewis Graben James Madison I'll take one more guess I've, each I, I think he's played with hearts Scored with Middlesbrough Big P is you Could be one Are you happy with that Roger From your teammate? Oh, I'm absolutely delighted. I'm amazed he can read my sheet from over there. I know, it's he's, wonderful. He's, he's done really I well. I cannot believe he's saying I'm reading the sheet. Who did they play against? Uh, I remember the goal. I watched it yeah, in the highlights sm- on Sunday morning. Smashing goal away to uh, Mansfield. Mansfield, yeah. Right. I watched it. So where are we three to get? Only when I guess does a shout at Pierre. Uh, sorry, does shout at El Yunus. Did Stuart Armstrong score in that game? Mm, no. Many of us still get gone. Three. We'll get them before the <sighs> end of the show. Ones. That's fine. No problem. No rush. Plenty. Uh, of time Let's go back to the phones We will bring in Kieran In Cardonald What's your point tonight Kieran? Hi Farrell How you doing? Good, thanks, um, nice easy one um, Obviously had a few callers on Talking about Celtic transfers mm-hmm. This window Which has been great And how well the team's been playing This season I think We've got to remember That Ange Postecoglou Is still on Only a one year deal At Celtic I think Celtic's biggest priority This year Is rebuilding the team um, And bringing in players And Making the t- t- uh, players there better than what they are, but I think we need to try and get Postecoglou into a longer deal. Um, if that can happen this window, obviously it can happen until the end of the season as well. But just to see your sort of thoughts on that, Roger. Um, I think that's what Celtic do, managers, isn't it? One year rolling contracts. I don't think there's any doubt that you know Celtic are committed to Ange. Um, they've just allowed them to you know bring in three more Japanese players there could be an Australian player and Riley McGree following him in the door as well so I think Celtic are committed to Ange I think Ange is committed to Celtic and the fact that it's a 12 month rolling contract a lot of Celtic managers over the last 15 years have had 12 month rolling contracts I think that's just the way the club prefer mm. to do their business What do you think about that Kieran? because it is a model they've used but would you like to see that mould broken because again it has also been broken I think I don't think Brendan Rodgers was on no, one year no, no. rolling was he? Is that is that the sort of 
example you want to see followed? Yeah, 100%. Um, obviously, it has happened in the past. It should happen under Lennon as well. He was on a one-year-own contract for a while. Um, but uh, from my point of view, I think the future's bright under Postacoglu. I don't. I think a lot of teams in Europe can turn to Postacoglu as well. They've got an eye on him with the football he's playing, the teams he's beaten in Europe. I think he can open the door from elsewhere. It's obviously just to secure his future long-term for Celtic. Um, I don't know if he thinks he's done enough. I don't know if I can ask the panel that. If he deserves to have his contract extended from what he's done at Celtic at the moment. Or do you think he deserves, think he needs to do a wee bit more to... Do you know, they may, have, they may have had that chat, Gordon. We don't know. But I think closed doors they may have had that chat. They would, you, said, would you be as well waiting? Or, or or have you seen enough? Because, you know, Kieran... Me personally. Kieran has. A lot of Celtic fans have. And we mentioned it earlier. Won the League Cup. There are obvious signs that, that certain things are heading in the right direction. If you're a, a pessimist, if you like, or, or an opposition fan, you might point out and say that, that I mean, the title race could be over in a month. Mm. You, just, you know, football changes so quickly, and then you've given the guy a long term deal, but maybe you've seen enough anyway and you trust the rebuild for next season. I, yeah. I don't know. How would you feel about well, it? Well, I've seen enough sitting beside him in the dressing room in Melbourne oh, a long stop time ago. It, um, <laughs> I, think, I think, yeah, I think every Celtic fan's seen enough, Gordon. Uh, but what, what about say- you, though? Oh, 100%. I, yeah. I, I think he's been brilliant since he came in. I think that the job he was left was very difficult. He took it on board. He didn't go off to the greatest star, obviously. He brought players in. He's making players better. I like the brand of football he's playing. I really do. I'm excited to see the Japanese boys performing. You know, what what way he's going to, you know, use them in the team. I think it'll be a good competition at Celtic Park for, for places now. You may look at Postacoglu and Celtic may have had that chat about the contract. It may suit the manager. He may just sit there and say, do you know what, guys? I'm happy with the rolling contract. Because Kieran makes a good point. As much as players are in demand, if you come in and you're doing such a good job... Then managers mm. become uh, in demand. You look at Steven Gerrard, come in with Rangers, won that title, and all of a sudden Aston Villa come calling and he's away. So Brendan Rogers down to Leicester as well, rekindled his career here at Celtic Park. So it suits managers as much as it suits them else. Yeah, whether it's a contract or not, Kieran, Roger pointed out, does the apparent control that he has over the signing policy not tell you all you need to know about the. The sort of status he holds within the club at the moment. Yeah, hundred percent. You can see that. Um, maybe when he first came in, he maybe brought in one or two. Kyogo was obviously the the main one. He was trusted to sign those, um, but obviously he's been given the transfer book this window, and he's been going on his own wee spree. But he's trusted to do that now with the football that he's produced. So hopefully, seeing that he's been allowed to sign these players, bring these players in, makes you uh, hope a wee bit that he is here for the long term. Uh, but it's just always in the back of your mind the football that he's playing, the players that he's attracting, the teams he's beaten, especially in Europe. You can you can possibly see his head being turned elsewhere, or um, a team from Europe coming in from with the football that he's playing at the moment. I think. Roger, is it just me? It feels like you know football has been heading in a certain direction for a long time, particularly big clubs, and we would absolutely consider Celtic and Rangers big clubs. I, I just, and again, you will correct me if I'm wrong. I can't think of too many examples recently of big clubs where it's so obvious that the manager and the manager alone is uh, is, is the one that's driving signings yeah if, if you remember back is, is that, all, is that, you, is that is that does that come with its own risks I know the Celtic fans are delighted yeah, about yeah, it at listen, the moment every, every signing comes with risks there's a risk and reward to every transfer Gordon if you go back a year ago or nine months ago before Andrew Postacoglu was in the building there was a belief that Celtic were going to get a head coach yep. and a director of football and a head of recruitment 
and this and that. And the first appointment was Ange Postecoglou. And after that, there hasn't really been any other big, high-profile appointment. Yes, they've changed chief executive, you know, Michael Nicholson's in. And Ange actually said pre-Christmas that it was Michael Nicholson's yeah. chief executive that was driving a lot of the transfer business. Yeah, I suppose, so I think, I, I suppose identification was, was probably a word what, I should have used. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. I think Ange is identifying the players mm. and Michael Nicholson is doing the deals and... Celtic don't feel as if they need anyone else to be involved mm. in this. They're quite happy with those guys at the top of the football business. And listen, you know they're doing plenty of business. Very early in the January window, you know the three Japanese lads that come in. You heard them earlier on. Looks as if McGree could be coming as well. Johnny Kenny on a five-year deal from Sligo Rovers. That shows a bit of commitment to that young man as well. So they're, they're you know, as you say, they do have. Total authority Don't get me wrong Gordon I don't mean to Portray this As something that's Completely unheard of Managers picking players That they've worked with before I mean that That does happen But like I said I think Roger reflected it well We're, we're used to this sort of Director of football model mm. or, a, or a head of recruitment model And it's a It's a joint effort And you're never really sure Who had the Who identifies first Or, or who provides the The go ahead The green light for it But just recently Especially if if Riley McGree goes through These are They've got Ange all over them 100% and, and I like the way he's come in there And stamped his authority in this Of course he'll work hand in hand With the, the, the chief exec And people above Of course they do Because they, they get them to go And do their homework And everything But all his signings Seem to be The guys that he wants And I think that's what he likes About Celtic He's been given that freedom He's bringing in his own players and he can only hold his hands up if he fails or succeeds by saying, look, this is my team. This is what I've, I've wanted. This is what I'm striving for. The signs are very good, Gordon, you've got to say. I know that uh, I still say that if you ask me the notes um, before Monday comes along, I still think that Rangers are strong enough to go and win the league. I think it'll be very close. But I think the way he's going about his business... I think he's doing a terrific job at Celtic Park. I said from day one it would take him time. He would need more than just this uh, transfer window. I'll be interested to see what he does in the summer. I think there'll be a massive turnaround in the summer. As a Celtic fan, you've got to be delighted with the way he's going about his business. And he must like the fit as well because he's getting authority to bring in his own players. And as a manager, stroke coach... That's all you can ask for because in the modern day game nowadays, there's a lot of coaches out there getting handed players that they probably, you know, wouldn't prefer, and they have to work with them. Postacoglu is not like that. Kieran, you, uh, now, now some of these restrictions have been eased. Are you hoping to get up to, to see him at the park or at Lennoxton? I'd love to. I'd love to go and meet him again, have a chat. Yeah. Who's this guy? Get him off this property, mate. I don't think that'll happen. Uh, Kieran, nice to speak to you. We'll be do it again sometime. Oh, 100%. Thanks very much. Thank you. That was Kieran in Cardonald that will just about bring this uh, to a close, certainly as far as the phones go. I mean, Podzog's right. He says, How much does Ange know about Sligo Rovers? Which is a fair point for that one signing. But come on. I think overall, I think it's quite clear that the, the feeling in this window is Ange's signing players. He knows. Yeah. And, and those will. Yeah, of course, yes. And he might be a big. Secret Sligo Rovers fan You never know Or he's got dad scouting him Nah I don't I'm not not so sure about that um, Right I think we will Round off this teaser then Because we're Running out of time Name 10 players Who scored in the FA Cup At the weekend Who've also played in Scotland You've got I nearly read out One of the remaining oh. ones <gasps> Lyndon Dykes Mohamed El Yunusi Lewis Graben Uchi Ikpiatsu James Madison Anthony O'Connor 
Jay Rodriguez What about the mad game on Saturday The 5-4 game Barnsley beat Barrow Devante Cole Oh he did a great goal it was as well Stunning goal wasn't oh, it Oh Well done Roger Forgot about that what, one What about his pal That used to play at Hamilton Carlton Morris Ashley He's all over this isn't he Yeah he's got it He just says to me Get your jacket on You're ready to go home Carlton Morris You've got a vast array of Body warmers these days I've yeah, noticed that Yeah man I'm very Is much Is it a gilet A body warmer What term do you prefer I, I, I go body warmer I think it's easier mm-hmm. yeah. a, a lot though I'm noticing like Different colours Different brands It's all in my golf equipment Gordon my, For mm. the new season Starting in March I'm really bulking up On the, the golf mm-hmm. Gordon Roger Finish it off Have a good night yeah, with Put it. me out my misery Last one was in the telly On Sunday night After, who, who was after the Arsenal game Luton oh, He's got it Luton got and who? Luton beat Harrogate And you shan't watch that It was only the ultimate It was in match of the day On the highlights thing On Sunday night It was one of the Sunday games Who scored then? Put us out of misery Used to play for Rangers last. Uh, let's see if he's heard of them Initials K-N. K-N Kenny No Right we could be here all day Roger Just do it Cal Naismith Oh yeah Cal Naismith Well done, well done For Cowden Beath and Partick as well By the way uh, Loan spells there I think Thank you very much Roger and Gordon Thank you to all you For listening For your calls And your tweets We do have good news I know it's got Issues within it But it's good news Surely overall Because we're now Building up to Monday Where football returns In the top flight And it returns In front of full houses I wonder what tomorrow Will bring on the transfer front Well you'll find out With Marvin Bartley and Andy Halliday from 6 o'clock, so make sure you join us then. And Callum Gallagher is up next.